Good conversation with golf writer Chris King. How is Myrtle Beach golf returning after COVID-19? We're going to touch on that and some other things. Well, Chris, golfers are beginning to return to the golf capital of the world. I don't know about you, but when I was driving here this morning, there was a lot of cars out and it just seemed somewhat back to normal. Yeah, it really does feel like that, that some sense of normalcy is starting to return. And, and to your point there, it feels good, right? You know, the sun's shining, people are out moving out and about, you know, still exercising some, some common sense social mm-hmm. distancing. But uh, let's, let's hope this new normal, uh, you know, is here to stay. Exactly. Well, I started teaching about two weeks ago using precautions and the golf courses we're slammed. <laughs> a lot of people out there playing golf, and we've put in a lot of precautions. I want to talk about what we've done during this time during uh, COVID-19, but what we have done has worked really well here in Myrtle Beach. Yeah, look, I mean, in just in general, I think the game of golf kind of naturally lends itself to, to social distancing. And But you know what? It, too, it's an outdoor activity. Mm-hmm. You know, the virus, I, I'm not going to pretend to be a doctor here, but but based on everything I've read and just sort of anecdotal evidence that, that the virus doesn't thrive in sunlight it, mm-hmm. as to where golf does. <laughs> Right. Um, so, I, you know, the game seems to be it's, uh, you know, seems to be kind of naturally protected from at least the worst of the, the pandemic and its spread. So I, I think, too, you're seeing people embrace that to your point about golf courses mm-hmm. being slammed. I've talked to a lot of people anecdotally out of market, friends from home that talk about how difficult it is to get a tee time. So, you know, hopefully in an otherwise difficult time, there's a maybe hopefully there's a there's a ray of light in there somewhere for the golf industry. Exactly. And, you know, it's changed a little bit in that you know when you pull up to the golf course you're loading your own bags and all staff are wearing gloves and no longer um, touching the flag sticks and you know there's all these precautions that we've put in place uh, temporarily to get through this and everyone seems to be taking it in stride I think everybody is so happy to be out in the sunshine getting out of the house and getting some exercise I mean for me it has actually kept my sanity during this time Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think what you'll find is a lot of people have found the golf course to be a refuge, right? (laughs) Right. And I mean, look at it this way. We've been much more fortunate here than some people are in other parts of the country. Think about how even as as we've locked down, how much nicer and much more appreciative it's made all of us of the opportunity to get outside for for four hours, play a game that we love, talk to friends, and and have a little fun. So, I mean, you know, I think you're right. I mean, you know, there have been, you know, the, the common sense... Uh, sort of policies that we've put in place, they aren't things that materially impact the experience of playing golf, mm-hmm. right? Like, it, look, man, it's not that big a deal if you've got to get your bag out of the trunk. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and how many of us don't need the stick out of the cup because we pick up anyway, <laughs> right? I mean, right. so for the most part, you know, the, these aren't things that impact anyone's enjoyment of the game. And I, I think that, you know, the game has paid people back too. Yeah. And a lot of people are walking right now. I'm walking more. I just was at TPC Myrtle Beach yesterday and walked the course. It feels so good to be out there in nature. I have actually become so accustomed to taking a golf cart, somewhat getting spoiled in that sense. And just going out there yesterday and walking, 
it reminds me of when I was a kid playing competitive golf. You know, I'm looking at the hole, I'm seeing shots better, and I'm thinking to myself, why have I been riding in a cart for so long? I need to start walking more. Yeah, look, no no arguments here. <laughs> I actually walked uh, two weekends ago at the Palmetto and had uh, just a wonderful time doing it. And, you know, to your point, right, like you get some exercise, mm-hmm. you get some fresh air. You know, there's a lot of concern over walking and pace of play. But you know what? I, I think that th- those concerns are unfounded. I mean, I we agree. played we played in four hours and let a threesome and a twosome go through. Um, right. And that's carrying our own bags, too. That's not yeah. without a pull card or anything like that. So, yeah. look, I mean, I understand that walking is not for everyone. But for people that like to do it, I look, it, it's good for the game and it's good for me. Right. So, me too. And, you know, we finished our just nine holes in an hour and a half. Um, my only suggestion is, you know, if you don't have a pool cart, it's a good time to invest in a pool cart. Uh, my son had like two dozen golf balls in his bag. And I'm like, son, why do you have so many golf balls in your bag walking? Just take like eight, you know, no more than 12. Don't have two dozen golf balls if you decide to walk and carry your bag or get a pool cart. Some of us may need two dozen golf balls, but <laughs> we're walking or riding. <laughs> okay. If you need two dozen golf balls, please come get a lesson with me, Chris. We can work on this together. 24 is an exaggeration. <laughs> 16. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've recently written a very good article, Five Ways the Coronavirus Will Change Golf. I want to touch on some of the things that you talked about because this is really good stuff. Yeah, well, look, I mean, I look, I think it will change the game in some ways. Again, not in ways that we've kind of previously discussed that will materially, materially impact the experience. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Some of this stuff is here to stay. Um, you know, I think one, the USGA's decision in 2018 to allow the stick to remain in the hole is one that has proven to be kind of prescient, right? Like right. when they when they set that up, they weren't thinking, God, this would be useful during a global pandemic. <laughs> but, but, you know, they've, they've made a lot of decisions that in hindsight maybe weren't quite as wise as this one. But, um, you know, that that is going to accelerate people leaving that in. Even the idea of putting a, a two or a pool noodle or something in the bottom of the cup, right? Like right. these are things we can do. I don't think it'll probably stay here forever, but you know what? It saves a couple minutes along the way. It, does. it makes the game a little easier. So stuff like that's going to be here. Um, you're seeing, and this is a little different, but you know, look, golf is a game that's slow to change and slow to react to stuff, and that includes online bookings, right? Mm-hmm. Like more and more people book tee times online and book golf, but it's not like, say, for instance, the hotel industry or the airline industry, other you know, uh, other uh, businesses like that, where you would almost no longer even think of calling someone to make a tee time. Golf mm-hmm. people still do it. I think this is going to accelerate that. I mean, mm-hmm. we see it down here, you know, uh, the Founders Collection of Golf Courses, right? I mean, a group that includes TPC, Grand Dunes, Kings North. They've got a, a pay and a park and pay program, right? Like you can book your tee time online. You're paid when you get to the course. You take your, your clubs out. You don't ever have to actually come into contact with anyone else. And I think even when the even when the, the, the grip of the pandemic mm-hmm. begins to ease, I think you're going to see a lot of these types of things stick with us. I mean, quite frankly, it makes the experience more efficient. It does make the, the experience more efficient. And so many more people are booking. I've had a lot of people reach out to me just online who were planning on coming down to play golf this spring and now are rebooking for the fall. I think we're going to have an incredible fall golf season. Um, it's a great time to actually go and book, especially now our hotels are open. 
Uh, they're taking reservations now, and I, we are in our final stages of reopening here in South Carolina. I think the only thing we have left now is uh, next week our hair salons and our gyms are going to open up, which I thank God because you know I need to get my roots done because people are going to realize I'm actually a brunette. And I'm not a blonde, so. Uh, listen, Meredith, on a list of businesses. <laughs> my true that, colors are coming out on my hair. <laughs> on a list of businesses that need to reopen, hair salons are at the bottom for a man like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have it. You have it very easy with you know going with the the nice sleek sl- look, the sleek like bald it. look. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, my hair will be cut tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can give you a couple uh, inches of my Rapunzel uh, mane that has grown these last three months. But, I mean, we are getting back to normal. And like you said, this park and play, this this new thing that we're going to be doing, it is making golf more efficient. And for those people who are more conscientious about having social distancing, this will benefit those people as well. Because, you know, we're all in our different areas of comfort in this thing and we have to have precautions and some people may need more precautions based on their health and where they're coming from and we're making all of this available for anybody that comes to play golf in Myrtle Beach. Exactly and I mean I think what you just touched on there is very important right I mean you know is this thing has as we've gotten at least a little more accustomed to having it around I think people are aware of the fact that you know, there are varying degrees of risk level, mm-hmm. um, you know, depending upon age, health, and that sort of thing. I mean, it, it doesn't mean that anyone who's an adult is completely out of the woods. But, you know, realistically speaking, if you're 25, the danger to you is much less significant than it is if you're 65 or 75. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think what you see here is that the courses, at least here in Myrtle Beach, are set up in a way that can accommodate, you know, almost anyone in terms of, you know, look, I mean, if you're if you're 25 and again you want to go into the pro shop, you know restaurants are now open in mm-hmm. there. If you want to, you know, want to go grab a cold one after the round, you can do that. Right. If you're if you're 71 and you know maybe you've got a little high blood pressure or something like that, right. your comorbidity situation looks a little different. Uh-huh. You can do the park and play program. You're in a cart. You literally you've not come into contact with anyone. And I mean your your risk of acquiring it would seem to be decreased. Yeah, very right. low. So. Mm-hmm. And I think that will be important. Again, it's this is a right like customer service isn't the right way to put it, but like we service people differently in in all levels of business, and I think this is just an extension of that. I think so too. It's great. And um, speaking of food, our to go <laughs> takeout at our courses during this COVID nineteen. Now again, restaurants are opening back up, and you know we have outdoor seating now and fifty uh, percent capacity, which will continue to go to full capacity by June first, I would imagine. But it, it's really, I mean, I know so many people that have been picking up food to go at the golf courses and the food is really good you know sometimes you get these this idea of oh golf course food is it like movie theater food no no there's some really good to-go eating options and you know I think that's going to become more popular going forward a, a lot of success that our courses have had with takeout dining yeah absolutely and look again when you talk about the ways things will will change kind of as we begin to emerge from this i think that's another one that's going to extend Mm -hmm. right like if you're a hero on a golf trip or even if you're just playing a round of golf 
What sounds more appealing to you right now? Sitting out on the deck at Pine Lakes? Mm-hmm. Again, you're sitting in the sunshine. You right. Know, something that we all believe to be pretty good for you in this in this environment. Is that more appealing to you than, than sitting in maybe a dark bar than it used to be? And I think the answer to that's yes. And I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't say that to discourage anyone who's comfortable doing so from, right. from going to a restaurant. But I, I just think common sense tells you that you know, to your point, clubhouse food is, is pretty good, and the environment in there is one that will be a, a safe one, mm-hmm. you know, relatively speaking. So, I again, I think that's something, that's a trend we'll continue to see. Right, and you recently have written another article. You're writing so good. If you haven't checked out Chris King's articles, you'll find plenty of them if you go to Facebook Myrtle Beach Golf at MBN.com. Really good stuff that you're putting out. And this one is about restaurants. The first five restaurants I'll visit when normalcy begins to return. Um, let's talk about that while we're talking about food. Well, absolutely. You know, <laughs> you know, I just talked about, well, where do you feel comfortable? Oh, you know, for me, right, I live just off of 501. I mean, I'm within a, a short drive of like Kings North, Wild Wing, mm-hmm. even Burning Ridge. Legends is around the corner. And me and a buddy will like to go out and either hit balls in the evening, play nine holes. And like, I love to go to the Grumpy Monk, right? Uh-huh. Like, happy I know you always talk I about do. the Grumpy absolutely. Monk. Absolutely. We're going to have and to I, go down <laughs> there and uh, do a Facebook Live one day. Yeah. The appetizers at half price, they've got like 100 beers on tap. I mean, to me, you can't beat it. I mean, it's a nice setup. It's easy to get to from my house. So that, like, that to me is stopped there, screams, yeah, you know what? This is a pretty routine day. And that's, that's kind of something we're, we're all looking forward to. So They know you by first name, Chris? Well, not as, they don't know me as well as I'd like them to know me. <laughs> and you also have Dagwoods. I mean, that's... That's a local favorite, too, uh, to stop in and get a really good sub and, and their fresh-baked cookies. I love Yeah, Dagwoods. oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> right? Like Wednesday's free cookie Wednesday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and again, you know, you're right. It's a it's a local establishment. They mm-hmm. make their own bread. Like, I can't imagine. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, that's the best sandwich on the beach. And most of the places on my list, right? Like, I had Dagwoods. I can't wait to do that. Mm-hmm. El Cerro. Um, you know, even a place like Simply Southern, that's a buffet. Now, life has probably changed for them permanently. I, I don't know that mm-hmm. we're going to go back to serving ourselves at buffets anytime soon, but somebody else can scoop it out. That's fine with me, too. Right, right. Um, you know, most of the places, again, that I'm looking forward to returning to, mm-hmm. yeah, you know what, look, we all want to go to New York Prime or something, but like it's the places that you would go to as just part of what your day-to-day routine is. That's the stuff that I've kind of missed and look, you know, forward to getting back to. Right. Me too. I've really missed just going out and dining. They'll scoop out a normal amount, right? Buffets now, they'll give you a normal helping, not a extra help. I just hope I get to define normal when it comes to the <laughs> banana pudding. <laughs> well, you know what? That's uh, we, we did a show on restaurants, and I think I mentioned Paula Dean's restaurant was one of my favorites. Because it's similar to that buffet style, but it's it's that family style where they just send out really big portions and then you scoop what you want and then you can get more. It's like family style. So it's it, that to me is probably the way to go for these places that are doing buffets to go to that Paula Deen style. Yeah. And I, look, I think you'll see that to continue, right? Because mm-hmm. you're at the table with people you're comfortable with. I think though... For our larger seafood buffets, oh, even yeah. a place like Simply Southern, like Benjamin's, like how are they? How are those restaurants going to handle this going forward? That will be interesting. Yeah, I mean, from everything I've read and heard, that you'll be in a situation where it's going to be more like Meredith. How much would you like? How Nate, many crab how much legs would you like? Yeah, right. <laughs> Twenty-one. And, and I mean, again, three dozen, please. Yeah, <laughs> yeah all of them. 
Um, Lots of butter. <laughs> but you know what? Like we were talking about with golf, with just sort of common sense mm-hmm. um, measures, you know, when you think about some of that stuff, and is it the worst thing in the world if you don't serve yourself at a buffet? Even in a world where COVID-19 didn't exist, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you get these buffets on a busy night here in the summertime. I mean, you're literally, you could have hundreds of people. <laughs> Right. Hitting the, and, I, and hundreds, by the way, is likely conservative. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, is it the worst thing in the world to not have that happen? That's true. Yeah, I mean, again, even, even in a world where if this didn't exist, that's not mm-hmm. the worst thing in the world. Yeah. So I wonder what the cruises are going to do while we're talking about buffets. Who knows? Mm-hmm. That's going to be a unique situation. They'll have to work through that one. Well, look, there are economic concerns for every, every <laughs> corner of the country and the globe for that matter. But I, I, our friends in the cruise business face an even more daunting task, oh, I would sure guess, than, than the rest of us. Right, right. But, you know, hey, and I've done a lot of talking about food. You had mentioned getting back to the range a couple of weeks ago. Yep. What are what's some of the stuff you've seen people – or let me rephrase this. I'm mm-hmm. stumbling over myself here. Have you seen people taking interest in different types of lessons or tips as we move through this thing? Um, I think simplicity is the key. A lot of people are getting out on the courses, and they're just having fun right now. Beca- you know, because of the lockdowns, I think everybody just wanted to get outside. At that point, it was like, who cares if I, who cares <laughs> I really what my game looks like right now? I just want to get outside and get some fresh air and get some sunlight. Um, you know, I've been teaching a, a lot of students just the fundamentals, and I'm just, I'm in this phase right now. You know, this this quintessentials of golf and in keeping it simple and working on the fundamentals, and uh, that's what my students are are looking at right now. Just fundamental work. Well, I know you had done something on on aim and alignment, mm-hmm. um, even even sort of the athletic position at address. How important or much more important is that stuff in a situation? Like, like we're in right now, where a lot of the people listening to this may not have rarely been outside for the last couple months, when yep. you're just kind of reintroducing to the game. Does that stuff become more important? Oh, absolutely, because I think sometimes you forget the routine. Like, we call it pre-motion components in golf. You forget certain, you know, setup postures that you need to be in, uh, maybe grip positioning. Uh, your grip can even slightly change when you don't touch a golf club. And you want to make sure that you have you hit all your fundamentals before you start making the motion. So, you know, talking about aim and alignment. Um, for me, I've kind of ordered them a certain way. So, you know, the first pre-shot routine, pre-motion component, right, is you're going to connect with your target. You're going to stand behind the ball like everybody does. Start connecting with your target. Start visualizing that shot. Then you're going to walk up to the ball, get behind the ball. We're going to call it like the box, you know, Annika here. You know, you're walking in that zone. (laughs) And when you're behind the ball at that point, you want to start working through those pre-motion components. So the first one would be aim. Obviously, you want to make sure the club face is nice and square, right? And then once you have the club face nice and square, you want to make sure that your body is set up to the ball to where your body is nice and aligned. So what I see is when golfers are not playing a lot of golf, when they step up behind the ball, that their shoulders might be open, their hips might be closed, their feet might be closed. It's like unraveling their body and getting everything nice and square with the club face square to their intended target. It's incredible just working on uh, aim, alignment, grip, squaring the club face, and then lastly, making sure that you get in a nice athletic position because 
The golf swing is a rotation around the spine. And so we want to make sure that we have good rotation with our shoulders and good rotation with our hips. But it's the sim- these are the simplest things that we can go out and correct and get instant results. I mean, you don't have to go out there and have four golf lessons. This is, I mean, what I just said in a matter of five minutes can change your game. You can go work on that right now. But for example, um, if your shoulders are really open at a dress, and let's say you haven't played golf in a while, and for whatever reason, you're just you're setting up, shoulders are open, but let's say, hypothetically, your feet are square. What's the club face going to do during the takeaway with open shoulders? So it's gonna go on the outside. Okay, that's just simple path science. The club's gonna move a little bit on the outside. What could that cause? Well, if you're not getting it back on the inside, you could have a chunky shot, you could have a steep angle of descent, outside in path, ball's gonna go left, you can hook it. I mean, there's so many variables that could happen, and it's something as little as where are the shoulders set up? So, again, for golfers who haven't been out in a while or you know, even if you're still at home, maybe um, talking to some people still up north. These are things that you can start working on just in your bathroom mirror. Just think target, grip, aim, setup, athletic position, and working on that. And that's going to unravel so many kinks in the golf swing and then go out and enjoy the sunshine. <laughs> of, the thing, of the things you've talked about there, are there one or two of them that, that golfers particularly kind of sort of the average golfer is particularly prone to fall victim to? Yes, I would say that aim and alignment. Yeah, I would say those two, because what matters is, again, the alignment of the body and the alignment of the club face is going to determine the path that that club is going to be traveling on. So, and we want to make sure that path is a good path. (laughs) Maybe that's my problem. (laughs) But I mean, again, in all seriousness, I mean, you're aiming alignment off, you hit a good shot and you're still stuck in a bunker, which is self-defeating, right? (laughs) Like I, I can hit a bad one that rolls in there. Right, right. So, yes, I mean, you can have a great shot. It can go in the bunker. That at that point, it's having good bunker fundamentals. And you know what? That's actually going to be our next golf tip. We need, that- we need to do some golf tips. We haven't done bunker in a while. Nate, we need to okay. do some bunker and fairway bunker. The other thing with aim and Thanks alignment. Thanks for mentioning that, Chris. <laughs> the other thing with aim and alignment, we talked about some people need an eye exam, right? Yes, yeah. Some people need to get their eyes, eyes checked. checked. Um, you know, and then you have that issue of eye dominance that comes into play, and it's interesting. Um, some students obviously are more uh, eye dominant in, in, in the right eye versus the left eye, and so aesthetically, when they're looking down at the ball, they are convinced that the the club face is square. They literally like this is square, and then me as an instructor, I'm with them. I'm I'm literally over the ball looking at it, and it's it's shut. You know, the club the club face is closed, and they're like, it's not closed. So then I get a an alignment stick and I lay it down they're like whoa it is and so then it's having to get them used to setting up so what aesthetically may look different to them but it is correct well, yeah and that all sounds great but my first <laughs> thought goes to it's got to be tough working with the in, with the student who insists that the teacher's wrong <laughs> <laughs> you know the other thing is too and that we talked about it is to practice how you play when you go to the range People just go to loosen up, say, oh, I'm loosening up. Well, set up, have a target, mm-hmm. set, your, set your aim and alignment. I think that's what you, you, talk, you talked about in one of our lessons as well, is practice mm-hmm. what you play, right? You, yes, you have to practice what you play. I went out yesterday with my second oldest son. He's a very good golfer. Um, and, you know, I'm helping coach him a little bit. 
And so for each of his shots, what the first thing I say to him is this, what's, what's the plan for this shot? Let's talk about, wh- you know, where are you going to land the ball? Or if you're going to land it, it's going to roll out where, you know, let's talk about the roll. Let's talk about this shot. What's, what's the goal? And, you know, it's, it's funny. It's like, well, you know, if I could get it around this area, I might not. Let's get precise. Let's, let's pick out a circumference of maybe 15 feet around your intended target. So that way, if you don't hit the target, it's all right. But if we can get in that circumference of that area, at least we know we've actually achieved a goal. And I think that's really important in golf because you can get discouraged really easy and you could set your expectations too high, almost like an all or nothing approach to it. So, you know, with him, you know, he would execute a shot and it, if it would get within that circumference, which he's a good player, usually it, it does, then at that point, you know, it's, it's well done. You accomplished your goal. And then he's like, well, you know, but I wish I could get it closer. I'm like, nope, right now we're setting goals. So our goal is to get it within this area. You accomplished your goal. Awesome. And so, you know, I, when I work with him, I do that for every shot. So at the end of the round, he's accomplished so much. Now he might've had three or four poor shots or misses. That's okay. But at the end of the day, what you have to do is you have to change the mindset in golf and you have to really celebrate your successes. But if you go out on the golf course, Nate, like we're talking about not having, not bringing your game out in the golf course and you don't set goals for every shot or you try to get ahead mentally, all right, right, if I can get a par on this hole, I can make it, it will help me make up the double I had. And then if I could get a birdie on that par three, if you allow your brain to go two miles down the road, you're not going to have a great round of golf it's all about staying present just in one shot I tell my son that training him we're in one shot right now this is it where our only responsibility is this shot right now so let's focus on that that's where success comes in that's where good course management comes in and ultimately you get that mindset you're gonna have so much fun playing golf on the golf course when you just take it one shot at a time and celebrate your successes well, you know what? Look, I think you're absolutely right, and you're but you're you're talking about from your son's perspective, who's clearly a better golfer. Uh, speaking for all of us out there who <laughs> struggle, um, but I mean, in all seriousness, I mean, is, this is going to sound counterintuitive, but mm-hmm. like if you if you set a goal for each shot, it is right. Like you can find success in a hole that you may have a score that you didn't like, mm-hmm. and that can be important because when you do that, it doesn't tend to carry over the way it does. Some other times, right? Right. Uh, You know what? You three-putted and you made double. Well, you know what? You hit two pretty good shots to get there. You can't think of it as, I wasted those two shots. Exactly. You, you, we all, and by the way, I'm guilty of not doing everything you just talked about. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We would all be better served to do that. And I think particularly as you're trying to improve. Mm -hmm. Because, again, we all get caught up in what our score is. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, there's so many variables that impact that. I mean, hey, look, sometimes you play like crap and get lucky and bang one in. and Right, right. You know, but that doesn't mean that you played that hole well. Exactly. Right? So I'm guilty of this too, but how many people do you see on the range just out there beating balls? And they oh, just go yeah, out and they just beat balls. There's yeah. no target. There's no thought process in mind because it's the easy thing to do, right? It's like, oh, I'm not hitting it well today. Well, you just went out here and just beat balls today. And I, again, I'm guilty of that, too. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm yeah. horrible at it, as a matter yeah. of fact. Like, I'll, yeah, I'm going to go hit balls. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know what? I got through a bag, but I, I, all I did was really lash the seven iron into, <laughs> into the ground 70 times. But yeah. Well, like we went out yesterday and my son says, you know what? All right. So I'll take a 38. If I, you know, anything over 38, I'm not going to be 
happy with. And I'm going, wait a minute. Uh, I know, uh, he's a good player. <laughs> I said, wait a minute. Why are you even talking about a score? You're gonna, we're going to enjoy this process of playing one shot at a time. So that's, you know, and I, but I think all of us, and obviously I know he's an elite player, but, you know, I don't care if you're a 30 plus handicap. I think to varying degrees, all of us have a tendency to set it, this expectation going to the golf course of maybe a score we'd like to have or, you know, or shoot or a particular hole. When I think if we can just change our mindset a little bit on it and say, you know what, I'm going to just stay in the present moment, stay in the shot. It's amazing. I'm telling you, if we can all just change the way we look at going out to the course and, and just staying present, we're going to have better rounds of golf. Oh, no, I would agree. I mean, because when you, again, someone in my position, you think about your score before you even get there because right. you set a standard. Oh, it would be really bad if I didn't do this today. <laughs> and as soon as you have a couple bad holes and you think, well, I've blown that one here, right? Like you're, you've got to be careful because your whole day can go south. Right. And it's amazing sometimes when you do that, though, and you quit thinking about it, you start to improve. Right. Until you think about playing better again. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, you know, I've recently, uh, you know, Nate and I have filmed a lot of just basic golf fundamental videos. So, you know, in talking about these fundamentals, um, you can go to uh, Myrtle Beach Golf at MBN.com. You, you've been posting them, Nate. I yeah, believe. and they're on MyrtleBeachGolfTrips.com too. They'll all be in the video section mm-hmm. of the site. So yeah, okay. So you can go there. Number and one resource there. Yeah, and we've we've been covering basics through this mm-hmm. COVID nineteen. I mean, you know, you mentioned aim and alignment, getting athletic position. What's the proper grip? Uh, grip pressure. Um, how do you find more umph in your swing? How do you get more power? You know, we recently talked about that last week, uh, making sure that you're getting a full rotation. It's going to be around 90 degrees. Of course, it's going to vary based on if you have pre-existing um, conditions with you know certain movements of your body. You can't maybe rotate fully. It's not going to be 90 degrees perfectly, but that's the goal. And then obviously the hips at 45 degrees. And you know we've had a lot of positive feedback about that because oftentimes in the golf swing you hear so much about you got to make a rotation. You have to make the rotation when your hips have to rotate two to 45 degrees so that they can get set on the downswing to start moving being that first segment of the body that moves and so it's pretty cool stuff we're talking about see you get me on the golf swing chris and here we go we're doing golf lessons on the podcast well i know and you know what that actually led me you know you (laughs) love to talk about the golf swing and are obviously very good at instruction and anyone who listens to this would understand that you know meredith doesn't toot her own horn but i mean she's again I think it's at least worth us mentioning or saying congratulations on being named one of the best teachers in the state again, I might add, Thank by you. Golf Digest. Thanks. Um, it's That's quite an honor uh, to, to have that. But it's somewhat of a pressure, too, because, you know, with every, with every accolade maybe you gain, it's something that you it makes you want to work harder on in that study and in that field in which you work. And so um, I'm really grateful for it. Uh, but I want to keep keep learning and growing myself as an instructor because you know as instructors we never arrive you know there's always new science coming out new technology coming out and I just want to make sure that I stay on top of it um, for my students and listeners and viewers and and getting good information out there so I'm very appreciative of it but it makes me work even harder so I want to make sure that I just keep moving forward giving good instruction well so far so good (laughs) Well, thanks. So, I think we've covered a lot here. 
Yeah, we have. Again, hopefully we continue to have, you know, understanding that, you know, everyone's situation in different parts of the country is is different. People have been impacted in in various ways. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think we've been we've been fortunate here so far, knock on wood. I mean, you know, there's no area that's unimpacted, but it's not been nearly as dramatic here as it has been a lot of other places. And for that, we're grateful. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as we've talked a lot about here, there is some sense of normalcy beginning to return. And hopefully that uh, continues to be the case. Yeah. So the one thing I took out of your your, uh, five ways golf's going to change, and I looked at it from my perspective, is a greater appreciation for the chance to play. I think, mm-hmm. and less what you guys have talked about, worrying about that bad shot mm-hmm. or worrying about that bad score. I think yeah. it makes you appreciate the game a whole lot better. Oh, more, I look, I should say. I, a- absolutely. And I mean, again, that's what I've, I've been out a couple times during this. And the one thing I've told myself is even, uh, you know, ah, terrible shot. Hey, who cares? In the right. whole grand scheme of things, yeah, that's exactly it really right. doesn't mean much. Right? Nope. I'm the only thing that matters is I'm out here with a couple friends. It's a nice day. And I'm enjoying a walk around a beautiful mm-hmm. golf course. And yeah. and hopefully that's something that we can all kind of take, not only to the mm-hmm. golf course, but in other parts of our life yeah. too, right? Like you do see something like this and you understand, right, that like your our grip sometimes on what we perceive as success can be tenuous. Right. I mean, it's definitely created an attitude of gratitude during this time and it does feel good to get out there. It's good to see the courses. Um, slammed with golfers right now it's so great and most of our uh courses if not all of them are are back open and uh taking tea times and our hotels are open and i have a lot of students that live up north that have been more in a lockdown than we have and they're already booking their flights for june and they're coming down and they've got their fall trips booked and um they've been texting me and they're so happy like we're, we're finally getting back to the beach to play golf and so uh, I know for those of you that are listening, if you have been in a state that has been a little bit more in a lockdown than, than we faced here in South Carolina, come on down. We welcome you. Uh, we currently have precautions, but, um, you know, to each their own. You come down, have fun, play safe, and uh, we look forward to what we're calling normal now going forward. Chris, thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely. I, I always love it when you come on because, I mean, I love – you're such a great writer. You're so easy to talk to. I think we could just – we could probably do a three-hour podcast and keep going with this. But Well, I appreciate you having me. I don't know if the good people at home would be happy listening to me for three hours. My wife certainly isn't. <laughs> but I appreciate you having me. All right. Well, thanks for coming. And, everyone, thanks for listening. You guys, stay safe. Get out in the course. Get some sunshine. Have some fun.